Today's sermon is entitled, The Bridge is Out. The Bridge is Out. We'll be studying from the book of Joshua, and we'll reference some other passages, but the bridge is out. You've ever seen a sign you're driving and you're traveling from one place to the other and you get to the point of crossing and there's a sign that says the bridge is out. When the bridge is out, it means that you cannot cross that way. We like to think of God as a bridge over troubled water. But when we look today, uh, the passage in Joshua, in those days, they had no bridges. Hmm. So what do you do when you get to a point of crossing where there is no bridge? The bridge is the thing to carry you over. A bridge might be considered an easy way to cross. But what about when the bridge is out? What do you do when there is no bridge? You know, you normally go to the bridge, you just pay your toll or your token or whatever, or you drive across the bridge. What do you do when you come to a point of trying to get from point A to point B, but there is no bridge. And the bridge represents familiarity. It represents your normalcy. It represents what you always do. What do you do when you're faced with a crossing and there is no bridge? That challenge requires more faith. What do you do when your life is hit with God wanting you to Go from one step to the next step. But he says, I'm not going to give you a bridge to get there. Mm. What do you do when there's this requirement on your part to dig deeper, to think harder, to consult God more clearly? Uh, Because God, if God says, get from A to B, he, he he must it has a way for it to happen just because there is no bridge doesn't mean that you can't get over there are three examples in scripture of people crossing over a body of water three examples i want to look at let's take a look at those the first one is found in exodus 14 and 16 and it's talking about moses when he was leading the people out of egypt And the text says in verse 16, raise your staff, talking to Moses, and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. The bridge is out. There is no bridge. Moses is taking the people across from Egypt into the promised land. And I want you to I don't want you to miss that. I don't want you to miss that you're going from one place to the other, but the bridge is out. And the second example comes in Joshua 3:17. 
where Joshua was leading the people into the promised land. Moses started the journey. Joshua continued the journey. Verse 17 says, the priest who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan. The first one was the sea. The second one was Jordan. While all Israel passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. The bridge is out. God was telling Joshua, lead my people into the promised land, but the bridge is out. The third example is Matthew 14, 22, where Jesus was talking to his disciples. I gave you two Old Testament. Here's the New Testament. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. There is this body of water And Jesus was saying, after he had just finished preaching, he told the disciples, go on ahead of me, get across to the other side. Our lives are filled with getting across to the other side. What do you do when you're faced with a body of water and the bridge is out? So in the scripture, we see today that there were three scenarios. The first one God told Moses to cross the sea. He went through the Red Sea. The bridge was out on the Red Sea. Well, they weren't making bridges back then. What do you do when you're faced with something and they haven't started making it yet, but God says do it? What do you do when Noah, God says, uh, uh, um, you know, build an ark? And, and people don't, they hadn't been building arcs. You don't know how to build an ark. It says take two of everything. You, you, There's no blueprint for it. There's no script for it. There's no reference point for it. But God says, I need you to get from point A to point B. And there's no bridge. There's no easy way to cross this journey. The first one was a sea. The second one was a river, the Jordan River. The third one was the Lake Gennesaret. It was a sea. It was a river. It was a lake. And I think God is saying that whatever the depth of your circumstance, the bigness of the sea, oh my gosh, I've got to get across the sea. Whatever the depth, the river is not as deep maybe as the sea. And a lake is not quite as deep as a river. But whatever the depth of your circumstance, God is saying, I'm not going to let you drown in it. There's been some discrepancy over the years where people, theologians argue that the Red Sea was not very deep. So they just kind of, you know, walked around. Whatever it is, God said, I'm not going to let you drown no matter how deep the crossing, no matter how deep the crossing, the two things we're dealing with, we're dealing with what you are crossing and we're dealing with the two sides. You're dealing with side A, the east side and the west side, side B. You're trying to get from point A to point B, but you've got to cross it. Now watch this. What I've learned from these texts, from these examples and reading scripture in this life that oftentimes, listen to this, this is a quotable, watch this, listen to this. What stands between you and the promised blessing is a body of water. Ah, What stands between you and the promised blessing is a body of water. What do you do when God says cross the water, but the bridge is out? And I've got to tell you that there's always, if God ever tells you to cross from A to B, Side B is better than A, and it gives you an incentive 
to get there. There's something on the other side that's waiting to bless you, to prosper you, to enhance you, to develop you. But you have to decide to believe God enough when there is no bridge to take you to the other side. So we have this body of water. Let me talk about that for just a moment. Here then is the body of water. You see that bridge, that bridge there in the picture is over this water. It's taking you from one side to the other side. How, Tony, do I get to the other side if that bridge disappears? How do we get there if that bridge, swim, walk, whatever, go under? Well, there's lots of other things in the water. It's not always, the water could be too cold. You might not be able to swim. There are no boats around. There are all kinds of things that go through your head. But what I want you to see is that the body of water, listen to this, listen to this, Joyce, listen to this, the body of, listen to this, the body of water separates land. Ah, you're going to miss it. Lil Ben, what I'm trying to stress is that the body of water separates land. So point A is always on land. Your point B is going to be on land. Your points are never in water. You are not going to be given a point in a place to stay where it is merely a crossing. You don't stay where you're supposed to cross. Ah, God, you're going to miss this. So lands are for residing. Lands are for building. Lands are for living. Lands are for habitation. Watch this now. Water is for temporary access. Water is used to get you from land to land. Somebody say land to land. The reason for that is that water is not our habitat. We don't live in water. We're not fish. We're not game. Water is the home of fish, a different type of creature. So why would God ask you to live in an environment that doesn't suit your makeup? So when God says go from point A to point B, oftentimes you're going to have to cross land. Why? cross water because land is where you're supposed to be. You're never supposed to stop in the water. So my thought is get from land to land. Get from land to land. In other words, whatever it is you're doing, however it is you're living, your feet are supposed to end up on land. Somebody say, put me on land. You cannot stand on water. So in order to get from land to land, you have to traverse or cross water. Now watch this. Watch this, Cynthia. At the bottom of the body of water is land. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. So here I'm standing on land at point B, point A. I'm supposed to get to point B, which is land, but I've got to cross water, which is in the middle, but at the bottom of the water is land. So if land is my habitat, then maybe God says some kind of way we'll see. Maybe my feet are supposed to always be on land that God wants you on something that is stable. God wants you on what you can stand on top of. God wants you to live where you can stand upright, where you aren't worried about sinking or problems of drowning. So watch this. A body of water is, uh, um, is any 
significant accumulation of water on the surface of the earth. So watch this now. You cross over something that is covering your habitat. Any accumulation of something significant that keeps you from standing on land, standing on solid ground, standing on the rock, which is Christ. God says you're not supposed to live there. You need to cross over that. What in the middle of your life is holding you up per se? It is between where you're supposed to go, but it's not strong enough. At the bottom of it is where your land sits, but you're traipsing on top of it or you can't get to the land part of it. The body of water often refers to oceans and seas and lakes and rivers. I'm trying to get you a picture. I'm trying to get you to see that between point A and point B is a body of water. That's all I'm trying to get you to see. And what does a body of water represent? A body of water represents anything that's a sea, like a lake. I'm I'm asking you to focus on those things because if you drove right now to the beach, I guarantee you, your car is going to stop where the water starts because you can't drive a car across the water. I'm telling you, there's something in your life that represents a body of water that is keeping you from going from point A to point B. The place of promise has been blocked by a body of water and the bridge is out and you need faith for God to take you across to the other side. I feel preachy already. Now listen to this. I got to get a little technical with you and I struggled studying this a little bit and it'll help me. Hi Lisa, good morning to you. Listen, it is said that water, listen to this Joy, it is said that water comprises nearly 70% of the earth's surface. Water comprises 70% of the earth's surface. So if you live on earth, Tabitha, you are going to come to a point where you will have to cross water to get to wherever you're trying to go. If 70% of the earth is covered with water, I guarantee you that you keep living with some means of movement, you're going to confront water. What I'm trying to tell you is that between every point A and point B, it is likely you're going to experience a body of water. And that body of water is in between your points of residence. God, that's what I'm trying to get you to see. So uh, listen, you can't say, well, no, I'm just I'm just going to stay on the 50. I'm just going to stay on 21. It takes me straight on through. Listen, if you're going to travel the world, there's no way you can you can't drive to every country. You cannot drive to every continent. At some point, you're going to have to get on a plane. You're going to have to get on a boat. You're going to have to get on some water. The boat won't even work. You have to fly over it. Maybe it's too dangerous. It's got other problems. What I'm trying to tell you is at some point in your life, you're getting from point A to point B, God is calling you and you're going to reach a body of water and the bridge is out and you don't know what to do and you're sitting there saying, well, God, you asked me to go over there, but the bridge is out and God said, don't worry about the bridge. I got something for you on that. So the body of water poses a problem in at least three ways. Are you with me? Watch this, LaWanda. There's Lat Law. Thank you, guys. I love you. Watch this. Let's go to this. Check this out. The body of water 
poses a problem in at least three ways. Number one, it's a problem with density. It, it's Listen, density means it, it, you can't walk on it. Because of the density of the water and the density of the human body, the body cannot walk on water. So listen, the dynamic of Joshua's crossing, which we're going to look at, is you can't walk on it. Listen, you can't walk on the water because it's dense. You cannot, you need a miracle to get across. So you just say, okay, well, God, I just walk on over it. Listen, but remember, we don't walk on water, not our habitat. We walk on land. So you need something else to get you across it. The density of our bodies is greater, is, or is, is greater than the density of the water we're when we're standing on it. So in other words, when you stand on water, listen, the distribution of the weight standing up on the water, you're going to sink. But when you distribute your body flat, sometimes the density of the body and water is close to the same percentage. So when you lay flat, it has a different area of impact. So you can float. But if you stand, if you just, listen, God ain't saying go from point A to point B by floating. No, you can't float over there. He says, you've got to find a mode of transportation to be able to get over there. So you can't walk on it. Number two, then the density, but it's the depth. You cannot stand up in it. Number Number one, you cannot walk on it. And number two, you cannot stand up in it. So you say, okay, well, I can't walk on it, but now just walk through it. No, God says it's too deep. The depth then, listen, the point is the depth of it, you can't stand in it. It's too deep. The problem you're experiencing is too deep. It's definitely going to drown you. It's a body of water that threatens your well-being. I'm telling you that what's keeping you from point B, from point A to point B is something that's too deep. It's too big for you to handle. Your head will go under the water. You cannot breathe. You need air to live. Not your habit. It's not your habitation. The water is not where you live. And we often have to cross through something that isn't our environment to get to our environment. Oh, I'll say that again. Run it back, Shana. We have to go through something that isn't our environment to get to our environment. And so God says, I need you to have faith in me. I'm not giving you a bridge in this situation. I know the density isn't what you need it to be. And I know the depth is too deep for what you're going through. But if you trust me, I'll get you through what is not your environment to what is your environment. Don't you know that scuba divers have to have on a tank with oxygen because it is not their environment. They have to mimic what a fish has so they put on fins but watch this even the distribution of the density of man's body scuba divers have to put on a weight belt to help them go down in the depth of the water I can't get in the scientific of all of that but and you could talk about the density of the ice is different from the density of a large body of water that's why ice floats but water it goes all the way to the never mind won't get into that but the depth of it God says I got you through it in other words the depth of it will surely kill you, but God says, I'll get you across it without you dying. Number three, the density, the depth, and then the danger. The danger is you can't breathe under it. 
You can't walk on it. You can't stand up in it. And three, you can't breathe under it. You could drown. But underneath it also are sharks. Underneath the waters, underneath the seas, maybe animals or leviathans. Or have you seen the movie The Perfect Storm with George Clooney and uh, Mark Wahlberg? I think it is where you have this great storm. The waters can kill you. I went to Miami once and Joy doesn't like it. I talked about it before I used to. Do you hear me? Do you hear me? I said used to. U-S-E-D. I used to swim out a little deep where everybody was back at the shore just kind of waving their feet in water. I at least like to test the water and go out deep. And I went to Hawaii. Let me tell you something. I felt a pull on me and I almost choked. I said, let me, let me tell you something. I got done getting back to this shore. I felt a pull on me and, and, and more and more I kind of stayed out there. The further away I started looking, I said, I don't even see joy barely. Lord, help me. How far is she going to get? Listen, the water is dangerous. You could drown. It has too much power. Ships have gone aground. They couldn't even, could, the Titanic couldn't even handle the ground, the, the, the water. I'm telling you, water is dangerous. But God says, I'm going to get you from point A to point B. And what is problem in density? What's a problem in depth? And what's a problem in danger? God says, I'm going to get you across to where the promise is. Density is not an issue. Depth is not an issue. And danger is not an issue. Somebody better hear me talking about God. This is one reason many people are afraid of water because there are too many factors that could cause them to not be in control. People look at these big waves on beaches and they get scared. Ooh, ooh. People look now at this body of water that is keeping them from point B. They look at it and say, ooh, ooh. there are too many dynamics to it. It's too dense. It's too deep. It's too dangerous. God says, I got something for you. So if people watch this, then Shana, listen to what I'm saying. If people are afraid of, wait a minute. There are people who are afraid of water and it ain't even a wave. I'm telling you, there are people afraid to put their feet in a pool, a pool that's three feet deep. There's some people who are just scared of a body of water. My point is, Lisa, that if people are afraid of water, that means there aren't many crossings of water to get to the other side of life metaphorically. If you're afraid of water, I guarantee you, you aren't crossing. Well, let's go back. Rewind. If the earth is comprised of 70% of water and there are millions of Christians on the earth and God is taking all of us from point A to point B, if God is using us all throughout the earth, but Christians, well-meaning Christians are scared of water, there's a whole bunch of believers who are stuck on side A and only a handful of people who are on side B. The promise is great, but God can't give them out because people won't cross. Why? Because the bridge is out. And God said the bridge being out is not a problem. In fact, I took the bridge out on purpose because the bridge doesn't require faith. Many of us want the promise without the work. Many of us want the blessing without the believing. Many of us want what God has for us, but we won't have the faith to trust him when it seems dark and dreary. Watch this now. There are some then, though, who haven't been you know, maybe we haven't given you a good enough explanation. Shame on us as preachers. You get to the body of water and we haven't told you how to cross without a bridge. Well, 
I came to help you with that today. Thank you, PC. Let's see what God says about crossing water. So now that we've spent all this time, that's why I'm doing it, Tony. That's why I'm doing it, little Ben. I'm trying to give you a picture of what the water is about. I'm trying to give you an idea of what this water represents so that now that we've spent all this time analyzing and discussing the body of water, let's use that imagery as we read from Joshua 3. Let's apply all of this scientific knowledge and this practical wisdom we just went through and I guarantee you we'll see the Jordan River crossing from a different perspective. It's going to look different this time to you. Watch this now. Let's read this text in Joshua chapter 3. Beginning at verse number one, it says, watch this now, that just catch the story. The text says, early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan. That's the Jordan River where they camped before what? crossing over. There it is. Ain't no bridge. But in verse two, he says, after three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people. I came to give some orders, y'all. When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord, your God and the priests who are Levites carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Oh, somebody move out. Then you will know which way to go since you have never been in this way before. Oh, let me just stop right there. The bridge is out. This crossing is unfamiliar to me. I don't know how I'm going to make it from point A to point B. I've never been this way before, but God has given me instructions. I find myself cut at the Jordan, at the edge of the river point, and God says you need to get to the other side by any means necessary. So verse number four continues, but keep a distance of about a thousand yards between you and the ark and do not go near it. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do amazing things among you. Do you know how many amazing things aren't happening because people won't cross that body of water? Look at verse six. Joshua said to the priest, take up the ark of the covenant and pass on ahead of the people. Talking to the preachers. You go before the people. You set the tone. You show them how to cross. So they took it up and went ahead of them. Verse 7, and the Lord said to Joshua, he said, here Joshua, I got a special message for you. He says, today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel so they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. (laughs) Your crossing is important because it shows people the God you serve. Got to keep reading. Verse 8 says, tell the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant When you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, there it is, body of water, go and stand in the river. Notice, stand in the river, not swim, not wade in the water, stand in it. Verse 9, Joshua said to the Israelites, come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. So first he spoke to the priests, now he's talking to the Israelites, the people. Verse 10, this is how you will know that the living God is among you and that he will certainly drive out before you the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Parasites, Gergesites, Amorites, and Jebusites. In other words, watch this, if you follow these instructions, if you make it through the Jordan, you got 
confidence or confirmation that when you get on the other side, the Hittites who are waiting for you, the Hivites, the parasites, all your enemies on the other side going to be knocked out. I got you. I'm going to take care of you. So verse 11 says, see the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth will go into the Jordan ahead of you. Now then choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. He says, and as soon as the priests who carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth set foot in the Jordan, its waters, uh oh, watch this, soon as they set foot in the Jordan, its waters flowing downstream will be cut off and stand up in a heap. In other words, the waters that block you will have to part so you can cross. The things that's standing between you point A and point B has got to move out of the way, but you have to step in the water. Let me go on. 14. So when the people broke camp to cross the Jordan, the priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them, following instructions. Now the Jordan is at flood stage. It's at flood stage all during harvest. Wait a minute. So the thing that's blocking you is at full strength during the time you should be reaping. Oh God, listen to me. The Jordan is at full strength. The thing blocking you. The devil is on full amped up body he's trying to stop you when you should be reaping the harvest he says yet as soon as the priests who carried the ark reached the Jordan and their feet touched the water's edge what happened the water from upstream stopped flowing it piled up in a heap a great distance away at a town called Adam in the vicinity of Zarathan while the water flowing down to the sea of Arabah the salt sea was completely cut off so the people crossed over opposite Jericho. In other words, God said, I'm going to stop all water flowing to the devil's strategy. I'm going to stop all water that's flowing to the thing that's hindering you. I'm going to stop all continuation of doubt. I'm going to stop all continuation of lack. I'm going to stop all the threats and all the things that are standing between you and point A and point B. And now verse 17 says, the priests who carried the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on what? On dry ground. Ground is at the bottom of the water. <laughs> so God parted the water in the middle of the Jordan while watch this, they stood on dry ground holding the ark while all Israel passed by until the whole nation has completed the crossing on what? On dry <laughs> ground. Can I just give you a couple of things to note here? The Bible says that when they got to the edge, how do you cross when the bridge is out? The Bible said they lodged there for a minute. They got to the edge of the Jordan. They lodged there for three days. When you're facing a body of water that you don't understand how you're going to get across, God says, don't act impulsively. God says, don't act with emotion. Now, let me be clear. They didn't wait at the river for a year. They didn't wait six months. They didn't wait five years. I'm waiting on the Lord. They waited three days. I can't help but think that three days is symbolic of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It take about three days for you to kind of decompose and kind of go through whatever you need to go through to get clarity about it's time to get up. So after three days, the Bible said, that's when they started moving. So when you face a body of water, 
water. Take a few days to contemplate it. Don't react emotionally. Now, the next text part is said, officers were instructed to tell people to follow the Ark of the Covenant, but keep some distance. In other words, the Ark of the Covenant represented God. In other words, wherever the people of Israel went, they took the Ark of the Covenant because the Ark of the Covenant meant God was with them. So after you contemplated for a few days, how you going to cross with the bridges out? The Bible says, put God first. <laughs> Lead with God. Woo! God, thank you. Ah, glory. Step out. If you're going to step out, step out after God steps out. Don't you go before God. Don't you get presumptuous. Don't you get too anxious and eager. <laughs> Talking about the Lord did it. Won't God do it? Yeah, you better wait on him. <laughs> so the Bible said, but keep some distance. <laughs> In other words, this is a big deal. <laughs> this is a miracle that's happening. <laughs> and you are too carnal. You are too fleshly to be all up on God. Let God have his space to do his work. That's what I mean by some people, they so holy. Every word out of your mouth is self holy. Thank you, dear God. Holy go fire, pop, pop. Back it up. Be real enough to say I'm sick. Be real enough to say I'm feeling angry. Be real enough to say I'm depressed. Back up and let God be God. You can't, you aren't the savior. You aren't doing the miracle. Take the deal for what it is. Sanctify yourself. The text said, not only then, he said, take a few days, put God first. But then he told him, he said, sanctify yourself. In other words, work on you, boo. There's some things you need to work through. You can't step in this holy event. You can't take this holy crossing with a bad attitude. You can't take this holy crossing wishing other people would drown. You can't take this holy crossing knowing that you're doing all this dirt and evil stuff on the side and you think God don't see it. God said, if you're going to cross without a bridge, you need to sanctify yourself. Verse 7 said, God says to Joshua, this day I will begin to magnify you in the sight of all Israel. So watch this now. So God says to Joshua, if you do it the way I tell you to do it, it's going to bring you good press. Take a few days. Let God go first. Keep your distance. Sanctify yourself. Get your act together. And then God says, I'm going to blow you up. I'm going to blow up you, ate you. God says, I'm going to magnify you. Where? In the sight of all Israel. In other words, in the sight of your family, in the sight of those you lead, in the sight of those whom you have influence over. So then he says, then the priest, he said, when you get in the Jordan, he said, stand still in it. So every Sunday as the priest, I come out here, I step out in the deep, I stand there, I hold the word of God up, I preach it and I lift it up. Why? So you can cross through. I'm on the mantle, I'm standing as the priest in the depth of the body of water that's keeping you from getting from point A to point B. I'm preaching about action for 52 weeks in 2022 so you can move from point A to point B. I have preceded you. I have stepped out on myself. I have stepped out in my own trying to start things and do. I'm not asking you to do something I haven't tried myself and I'm standing in the water holding the Ark of the Covenant with my bare hands waiting for the 20 BFC members to walk from point A to point B. How dare you come week after week and you still on side A. Somebody ought to be walking through this water. And then he said, when you see the priests in the water, 
The waters will part and they will stand on dry ground. What I'm trying to tell you is that if you follow these words, if you follow what God is telling me to tell you, when I'm standing here in the water, God says the waters will part and the thing that scares you, the thing that you will drown on, the thing that you can't walk on and the thing that's too dangerous for you, he says it will move out of the way so you can walk through. Just follow God. This, he said, would be a sign that being able to cross through, they would also get the victory over the current dwellers of the promised land. So don't worry about who's over on the other side. What you need to focus on is getting through this water. The Bible is telling you, you've got to get across this body of water, but it ain't no bridge. Well, how you going to get there? Water's going to part. God basically said, yes, the bridge is out. He says, but I'm not going to be your bridge over troubled waters. And some of y'all don't like that because some of y'all want God to carry you through everything. You want God to baby you and coddle you and pat you on your head. Oh, it's going to be all right. I forgive you. No, some of you have been saved long enough to get on your own two feet and walk through the water. I'm talking about millions of people. We're not talking about 15 people. We're talking about millions of followers of God. The Israelites had to walk through. Imagine how long the priests had to stand there holding the Ark of the Covenant. The Bible said they didn't put the Ark down. They had to hold the Ark of the Covenant. You ever been a pallbearer? Try carrying a casket just for an hour. It's heavy. I'm telling you, they need six people to hold it up. Imagine holding this gold-covered Ark of the Covenant until millions of people, and you dare think that a preacher, it doesn't work, isn't worth being thanked and being honored and being appreciated. We stand in the middle of the water holding that which is heavy for you to cross over, and it's not just you. I'm not waiting on you. I'm waiting for all of them. I can't move till you all get across. And so I'm trying to get you to see that God says, I'm not giving you a bridge over troubled water. He says that will come later. But he said, I myself will be your way through. Well, why didn't God just let them walk on the water? Why didn't it? Because land is their habitat. God doesn't want you thinking that you can just walk on water in any situation. You've got to learn how to walk on land. I remember watching my children learn how to walk. It's a wobbly thing. It's a kind of funny thing. And they fall down and God is saying in your Christian journey, I don't want you to learn how to swim. I don't want you to think miraculous. All I want you to do is learn how to walk, baby. I want you to learn, Cynthia. I want you to learn, Shana, how to walk. Learn to walk on land. Before you go hickamashine and speaking in tongues and slanging oil on everybody, learn how to walk. And what do I mean by that? Walk. Let your walk, let your behavior, let your character reflect God in the earth. In other words, walk upright. Walk with integrity. Walk with love. Walk without lying, cheating, and stealing, and being bickering, and arguing with people. Walk on land, because that's your habitat. God said, whatever it is you're going through, I'm not going to let you drown. He says, I'm going to protect you. God says, I got you on every side. But in spite of all this great news, y'all, 
of how God will get us across on dry ground. And I, and I do have to say this. I got happy last night because as I was going through my notes, I just heard God say, I'm not going to let you drown. And I just kept saying, I, you've come this far. Whenever you're doing what I ask you to do, Cherry, I'm not going to let you drown. He says, when you face a body of water that seems threatening and the bridge is out, he says, no matter if you start crossing it, following me, I'm not going to let you drown. He says, I'm not going to let them foreclose on you. I'm not going to let you be out on the street. I'm not going to let you go hungry. I'm not going to let you be out there destitute and you're called to serve me. You're following my will. And I want to look right in the camera to tell somebody, God's not going to let you drown. God is not going to let you go under. God is not going to let the density of that thing keep you from crossing from point A to point B. If you have the faith, God says, no matter what you're experiencing, I'm not going to let you drown. I'm going to hold you up. I'm going to keep back the waters no matter how long it takes. But I'm slow. I'm a little crippled. I move real slow. God say, take your time because I got the power to hold up the water. I'm keeping it at bay. As long as it takes you, my goal is to get you from point A to point B. God, I wish somebody is hearing me today. But in spite of all this, even after God tells us this, even after I share all this good news, God defies all the scientific reasons for us to drown. Here we come, Joy, with our emotional reasons for not crossing. Here we come. We don't know, but let me tell you this. Look at this. This is this is this this is a quotable. <laughs> Staying too long on the wrong side can be the same thing as drowning. <laughs> Those of you who want to stay where you are because you're scared, you know God, I just preached it to you. He'll take you through on dry ground. He'll part the waters and get you through. But your old sick self, <laughs> your old emotional self <laughs> will kill you because you don't want to move. <laughs> but let me tell you this. Israel had just come out of 40 years of wilderness walking. I'm trying to get you to see the emotional context now that Israel was asked to cross through a Jordan River to get to a promised land, but they had been messed up by 40 years of the wilderness. In other words, the, the wilderness was so strong that the first generation had died off. And so the people going through to the promised land were 20, about 20 years years old or so because the previous generation had died off. 40 years represents a generation. And when you go through something for that long, oh God, I'm talking to people who've been on side A for too long. That's what I'm saying. If you stay too long, it's the same thing as drowning. God, have mercy, Jesus. Ah. Help me, Lord. If you stay too long where you're not supposed to be, it's the same thing as drowning. But you think you're safe on land and when you're going to drown in the water, it's the same thing. Death is death. God was providing for them in the wilderness. And sometimes because God keeps providing for you on side A, you think that's where you're supposed to be. No, God was providing in the wilderness. God kept them. Yes, he did. Thank you, God. But that was not their place of home. God says, yes, I 
I took you through that. Yes, I brought you through that ordeal, but that's not where I called you to live. I've got a place over here that I promise I built you. I created you for a purpose. And when you've been somewhere a while, you get used to it and your emotions set in and you say, it's too hard for me to get over there. And here's where we often stay where we shouldn't because here inside A, we get away with whatever we want to get away with. We like it over here because here justifies my wrongdoing. Watch this. Here's what, let me put it in plain. When you feel wronged, when you feel like, woe is me, I'm in the wilderness and my life is done. You justify sinning. You justify acting up because your situation is not what it should be. No, you can't walk on that. You, God has said, I've got something better, but you won't cross to the other side. You whining the bridges out. God said, I don't need a bridge to get you there. We feel like we've been wronged by having to be in the wilderness so long. So we think it gives us license to live beneath the bar of what we created to do. God says, I never created you to live beneath your means. I created you to live out every gift and every skill and every ability I put in you. And if you aren't living out that to the fullest, then you got some waters to cross. Man, oh, if you aren't doing what God has called you to do, there are some bodies of water that are waiting on you, boo. Am I preaching to anybody? The second thing we do is we say, well, this side of water has become my place of feelings. This is where I feel. This is where I'm comfortable. And that's why breakup songs are famous. Because people like to feel the hurt feeling again. Oh, they listen to the breakup song and they listen, they reminisce about hurt. Oh my God, isn't that just stupid? Because even if, even if it hurts, it reminds us of our experiences. We get that feeling. Sick, right? Yes, sick. And so we feel like just because we feel a certain type of way on side A and we don't know what feeling we're going to have on side B. We like to keep playing all the oldies. We keep playing the oldies and God say you too old. You too old. It's old. It's old. Churches are too old. God is changing. He's moving. God is developing your jobs. Too old. Your relationship. Too old. You're doing the same stuff you did 20 years ago and you don't expect you don't expect God to do something new. And then the third reason you and your emotions because here it is, here it is, Lisa, here it is, Latanya, Lat Law, here it is, it's too much work for me to figure out how to get across this water without no bridge, it's gonna cost me too much money, it's gonna be too much work, I ain't going to therapy, I'm gonna get to therapy once a week, try to get through this, it's too much work for me to forgive you and build new memories, I just, I just rather be sick with this, with this man, I'd be sick with this boy, I'd be, I'd be sick with this situation, because that's what I, that's what I'm gonna be, and it's too much work, but let me tell you this. Oh, watch this. This is a quotable. Turn your ears on, Omari. What's up, little brother? What's up, Omari? Listen, turn your ears on for this. Watch this now. Watch this. It's always easier to quit. It's always easier to give up. I heard T.D. Jake say, watch this. He says, whatever you let go of will fall. Oh, man. Whatever you let go of, it fall. Because it takes strength to hold on to it. It takes strength to keep something going. But that's the only way it's going to survive if you don't let 
go of it. Once you let go of your kids, they fall. <laughs> you say, I'm tired, I'm tired. They, they just acting up. Once you let go of them, it's going to get worse. <laughs> Once you let go of your marriage, <laughs> Once you let go of it, it falls. Once you let go of your career, once you give up, it's easy to let go, but it's hard to hold on. I watched the movie, uh, the game, the the whatever it is, the reality. What is it? The uh, uh, the the um when they do the the exercise, they're going across the bars and um amateur amat- or American Ninja Warrior, American Ninja Warrior, and they go through all of these things and, and you watch them and they're holding on. A lot of it's just about arms and you see them holding on and they start shaking and you can see they about to go they about to go and they all be slipping it's harder to hold on but it's so easy baby to let go and I'm telling you that bridge of water is going to take your strength that bridge of water is going to take your courage that bridge of water is going to ask you to hold on till you get to the other side I'm not saying it's going to take forever but it may take a while because we got other people who are coming with us sometimes God elongates our situation because it's not just you he's trying to get across he's trying to get you through but while you go through you're leading others in other words other people are watching you and God says while they're watching you I need for you to stay a little while longer because who's watching you needs a little more dose and I'm telling you you've got to hold on hold on to whatever you got in God hold on to your marriage hold on to your kids hold on to your health hold on to your self-esteem hold on and don't let go because the other side is coming I remember when I was trying to get my bachelor's degree and it was getting tough and the loan money was piling up and creditors were calling but if I could hold on I remember getting to that last semester and I said oh Jesus I see the light I'm about to get my degree (laughs) and I held on and I got my degree because if you hold listen I could have quit I could have stayed home but I never would have got from point A to point B I never would have moved from an AA degree to a BA degree I never would have gone on to postgraduate in theology and seminary I held on and I'm telling some of you to don't let your emotions keep you on a side too long so what on earth could I ever say to encourage you to cross to the other side little Ben what on earth could I ever say to any of you today here in my conclusion the first thing I would say is this Don't worry about the bridge being out. You came all this way, and now you're faced with another setback. You've been following God. You've gone through test and trial. After that, you just came out of a wilderness, and you've been told there's a promise over there, and now you're facing a river. I came to tell you that God has a way to get you across, even when the bridge is out. You just need to carry on. There is no bridge to carry you, but God will carry you. You have to step on him and he will be your savior. The second thing I would say to you is that waters are meant to be crossed, boo. (laughs) Waters are not meant to be stood on one side and hoped and wished that you could go across it. God put 70% of water on the earth for us to cross that, to get to the terrain. We have to have water. 
Water is a part of life. It sustains us. We need water. So God is not going to get rid of water to appease you. If you don't have water, you die. What I'm telling you is, is that you need the body of water that's in front of you. Don't see it as a threat. See it as a need. And when you see the body of water as important, as necessary for your growth and development, then you will understand that water is not my threat. Water was put there for me to cross it. Oh man, you're going to need to learn how to cross where there is no bridge. And the third thing I would say to you is that God has more for you at every stop in your journey. Don't be afraid to trust him to lead you across the waters of life. Never, never get complacent where you are. For as long as you are on earth, you are always on an upward journey. There is more ahead. No matter where you get, okay, you make 50,000, okay, you make 150,000, you are not there yet. You have got to look for the next body of water that God is asking you to cross. And this one might be a sea. Last time you got a lake, but this one might be a sea. Imagine Moses, how he stood up. He held his staff out in his rod. He said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. God needs your faith. And when he stuck out his rod, he parted the waters and the people walked through. What will you raise up as a standard and watch God give you the salvation you need? Because on the other side of every fear is a promise from God waiting to reward your courage and waiting to reward your faith. The bridge is out, but God is in. I'm PC, and that's all I've got.